is Debbie, and this fast was so amazing. I'm going through some things right now in my family, and God just showed me to expect. And all that was done through this fast. The prayers were amazing. Prayer night was just, each one of them was so, so good. I mean, you got a word every night different. But just the love that God gave me through this this fast and the peace that he gave me it was just so amazing. And I want to thank God for this place. And I know that he's going to move things here, and he wants us to expect. He said to expect. Uh, my name is Sandra. And like Josh said, this wasn't just a physical move. It was a spiritual move. And I just felt like he lifted me from this journey up to a higher journey where there were certain things that were keeping me from there. And I think what helped me most was this 21 days of prayer. And that just, that was overwhelming. And each week, it's like the enemy tried to stop us. The first week, my daughter got sick. Second week, my mom got sick. Third week, my mom got sick again. But like that song said, victory is ours, church. Victory is ours. And we just got to remember through all that the battle is the Lord's. Victory is ours because we are children of God. And if you've never fasted, I encourage you to do it again. On the day before our fast ended, the Lord just spoke to me and said, I have something huge for you, and I need you to keep going. And he said that he spoke to several people in this room who are doing the fast. He has something, church. It's huge. You can't give up. You have to know that we serve a mighty, mighty God. People in here are expecting a healing. Let me tell you, it's coming. It is coming, church. Victory is ours. Amen. Amen. Hello, everyone. I'm Jason Gomez. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I just, uh, through the fast, uh, I've had some, some few things revealed to me, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's been a struggle. Um, you know, I, I tell the story every now and then. Um, you know, I know a lot of us that are married, we love our wives, and I love my wife very much. But, uh, you know, one day she was cleaning the closet, and I walked in, and I said, where, where are you going? She said, I'm leaving. I said, pack my stuff, because I'm going too, you know? <laughs> and, and so, you know, and, and the point of that is that, that there's not a way out for me, and I don't want a way out from my marriage. You know, I love my wife very much. So it, it comes down to, I told my wife one day, it's hard being married to you and pleasing the Lord, because I want to please my wife. I really want to please my wife. And uh, so it's been a struggle, because I've been pleasing the wrong person. You know, and so what, what, what has been revealed to me by the Lord is that uh, are you going to do what I ask you to do or are you going to do what your wife wants you to do? And so, you know, I had to make a choice. I had to make a choice. And, you know, um, by all means, guys, don't feel that you, you love your wife any less because you love the Lord more. Okay. And uh, so I feared. I feared. And because I feared, um, I, 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 I couldn't. Um, I worried. I was worried about stuff, and what was also revered, revealed to me about worrying is that if you worry, you don't, you don't trust in the Lord. You don't have faith in the Lord when you worry, and so those are the things that were brought out to me in, in, in this whole 21-day fast, and so now that I've, I've, I've kind of opened up to this, I feel peace. I feel peace, and, uh, you know, um, 
and then it's like I told my wife, I made a choice, you know. Um, if you don't understand, I'm sorry. Because either way, you're going to be mad at me. <laughs> either way, you know what I mean? But, uh, but the Lord's been good, and I just, uh, I just really feel that uh, he's, 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 working, he's working in me. He's working in my family, and he's working in this whole congregation. And I just, I just, really, I just really love each and every one of y'all. And, and, uh, and I just, you know, the foundation that the Lord has placed is you guys, is you guys. And so this is what I've learned in this 21-day fast, guys. Good morning. I'm, uh, my name is John O'Neill, and Pastor Josh asked me to talk about some things that happened during the 21-day fast. And I, I said to him, I don't know if this is, you want comic relief, <laughs> but, but it's been a whirlwind. It has really been a whirlwind. And, um, you know, we were talking about this fast, and, and, and he said, you know, I, as much as it is for, for us moving into this building, too, he said, you know, I don't, I don't think it's any coincidence that you're about to go through a final hearing for your divorce and right before the fast, you know, and I was just like, yeah, you know, that's crazy. And throughout the period of time, the Lord's even, I mean, he, he's asked me to continue the fast. So I'm going to continue it out for 40 days because he's just like continuing to move in my life. And um, so just during this fast, I mean, it, it, I've been, the, every night has been incredible. And one thing that the Lord has given me overwhelmingly is hope, hope, hope in the future and that he has something amazing coming and he has something amazing coming for all of you and um <laughs> some of the things that happened during the fast i mean um i had we had a death in the family uh, my kid's granny passed away and of course that was pretty traumatic and, and sad for them you know and and so but the lord just kept giving me hope kept giving me hope and um i lost my job which was like whoa you know, and, and it was amazing because during the fast, the first week of the fast, I hadn't been, I hadn't been um, tithing like I should. And, and I told Josh, I told Pastor Josh, I said, you know, the Lord moved me to just to tithe like I was supposed to. And I did. And it was like within a week, I lost my job. And I was like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and I asked him, I said, this is what happened. He goes, yeah, I don't think it's any coincidence you lost your job after you tithe. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> But I'll tell you what, I, I had no, I've had no fear, none, none, because God continuously pours in grace. And when you start to give up things, you start to remove things from your life, you open up room for him. You know, that was another word that he gave me, that the things that we're giving up in the fast, it's like he wants us to give it up so that he can give us something else to replace it. And I was just so, such incredible words. You know, God, one of the words was Ezekiel, out of Ezekiel, and that, you know, God honors his holy reputation. You know, he is always going to be there. He is always going to be faithful. He is always going to fight our battles. He is going to surround us when we go into the battle, and he is going to fight for us. And heaven's armies are right there, right there. So I just want to encourage you all, encourage you all continue to just stay focused eyes on Jesus and he will be there and he will give you grace and encouragement let's give him a round of applause thank you I'm pulling this cord because I'm stepping on it I'll pull it out this way from over here there we go there we go amen aren't those good words does that encourage anybody to fast I, I'm gonna just I'll just say it the way it is this walking with the Lord is another level. 
It's another level of walking. It's a little, another level of trusting. It's another level of surrendering to him. You do. How many of y'all need peace in your life? How many need joy? How many of y'all need God's grace in your life? Sometimes this is the only way it's going to happen. When you say, and we were praying last night, and slipping my mind right now, but what did I say last night? Um, what does it cost or what does it take? Oh, yeah. I was saying, I asked, the Lord was just asking me, what is it going to take? Ask me, what is it going to take for you to see my hand of blessing on your life? And so I want to ask you, are you willing to ask the Lord, Lord, what does it take? What do I, what do I need to surrender? What do I need to do? I, I've been very blessed to not uh, ever uh, be hungry. Like, I grew up with a great family who had always had food on the table. Uh, if y'all knew me when I was younger, you knew that because I um, was a little bit bigger. Um, my mom, I remember when we were younger, or she would tell me recently, she's like, remember when you were, when you were younger and you would say, I want, I want how many corn dogs? I want two corn dogs. I just don't want one corn dog. I want two corn dogs. And I ended up looking like a corn dog. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, <laughs> I remember those days. And... Um, <laughs> It's, it's uh, evolved to other things other than corn dogs. Let's just say that. Um, but I've never been hungry. And some of y'all in here have experienced that. When you were hungry physically and you needed to, to quench that hunger, what did you do? You did, you did almost anything, right? Spiritually, church, it's the same way. God is asking us to ask him, what does it take to see the victory in your life? in my life? Are we willing to surrender? Are we willing to let go of everything? And that's a dangerous place because when you say that this is what you're doing, you're saying, God, I'm putting everything on the table and whatever you want to uh, take away from me, I'm willing to let you take it away. And I've been in those places where I was holding on to things and I said, Lord, no, I'm not, I'm not going to. And God said, I cannot work in your life until you put these things on the table and, and, and say, whatever you want, God, not my will, but your will be done. And so I, just, I hope this is encouraged. I really wanted to take a few minutes to have people share to see. It's not just, I'm not, I'm not just saying this just because I've experienced it, but there are other people who went on this journey the past 21 days, and they saw a change. We're going to have another 21-day fast when the year turns over, and I think we're going to continue to have one around this time uh, next year. But I'm going to encourage everyone to fast. Even if you've never fasted before and you just do a simple fast, as long as you, your heart commits to it, the Lord will show up. Amen? Amen. Today, I want to talk about preparing for the promise. And this is going to be shorter since we took some time, took some time with our testimonies, but I want us to pray preparing for the promise. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just lift up every person who is in this room. Father, you see how we're all excited I'm excited. I just can't stop smiling because I've seen your goodness. I know everyone in here has played a part, Father, in, in establishing what Kingdom Church is and is becoming, Father. God, I pray right now that you would open up every ear to hear clearly what your spirit is saying. It is not my words. It is not anyone who has been up here that is speaking or singing. It is none of their words. It is your words speaking through us. We are simply your conduits. We are simply your vessels. And so, Father, we ask, Father, that we, we, would, that we would all recognize that you are speaking. I want each of us just to say, dear Jesus, I give you permission to speak to me. Dear Jesus, have your way in my heart, in my thoughts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today, church, we see the fulfillment of a promise made to Kingdom Church. 
Kingdom Church was born last year, August 12th, 2018, at the Elegante Hotel. Is it on there? It's, it's not on there. But we started at the Elegante Hotel, um, and I've gone, I've spoken about this many times the past year, about how the Lord spoke to me, spoke to several other people, the same scripture passage, things that were not a coincidence. And so we started off in, at Elegante, and I remember the first few weeks that I was there, I really felt in my spirit that the Lord was going to give us a building in the next six months. And I didn't know if, if that was like, like give us like the title indeed to land or to a building, but I knew we were going to have our home. Well, in September, um, we found out that they, the, the hotel was uh, charging us a little bit more, so we needed to move. And Bottom Middle School came up, and of course, we can't, you can't own a school building because it belongs to the school district. And so we moved there, and I thought, okay, maybe we'll be here a few months. Well, as we were there longer, I began to think, Lord, you know, did I miss something? I know Bonham isn't our, our, our future home or our permanent home, but we're here, and we're being blessed, and we didn't pay that much while we were there. And so I was like, Lord, did I, you know, did I miss something? Well, during that season at Bonham, um, Crescent Park became available for office space. And we talked with them, and they were very gracious. Again, didn't charge us hardly anything for office space. Could have easily been paying twice as much anywhere else. And we began to have a relationship with them. And just began to, at that point, had no idea about us possibly coming here, but this relationship began. And how many of y'all know, how many of y'all have been walking with the Lord so long that you know that God doesn't usually do things the way you think? That's an important thing. To, a lot of people don't know that. We may think we do, but it's not until we actually get our feelings hurt, we get disappointed, and then God works things out where we realize, oh God, you really were going to do things differently. It was all going to work out, but it was going to happen a different way. So we moved into Bonham in September, and again, I began to ask, did I hear right? Well, about three or four months ago, the school district sent out an email to uh, all the schools and, and told them, hey, whoever is occupying your facilities, and there was a volleyball league that met there, so they were being affected too, but everyone that was going to rent any school facility needed to start paying, um, paying more. And so at that point, we thought, okay, you know, we can still meet here, we can still... Uh, pay the bills, and it'd be okay, but maybe there's something else that the Lord is wanting us to do. So we began to talk, speak with Crescent Park, and I remember we had one meeting um, with them, and I sat down with them, and honestly, I came in here. Be, how many of y'all saw this room before it was renovated with paint and everything? It was old, right? It was really old, very dated. Um, I remember we had a meeting. We were sitting like right over here around this table, and I and I, when I sat down, just to be honest, I just wasn't feeling it. I was like, Lord, like, I don't want to go into another person's building. We're not even going to be in their auditorium. We're going to be in this room in the back. And we're going to have to share space and, you know, all these things. And I began to hear their heart. And I saw that they had actually been praying for another church or nonprofit to come into this building. When I heard that this wasn't just a good idea to them, but this is actually, that we were actually going to be an answer to their prayer, I knew the Lord was doing something. So as that meeting went on, my heart began to change. And I feel like the Lord said, Josh, I know that Kingdom Church has needs that need to be met. But maybe, just maybe, while your needs are being met, you can meet their needs. And so we, we got done with the meeting. I walked outside and I was talking with Pastor John. And he told me some things that, that had not happened in the church in several years. 
and just the people, the, how God was encountering people in a new way. Even him, he said one time he was on the platform getting ready to preach. Now, this is a Baptist church, very traditional Baptist church. And so he said he was on the platform. He was opening up his nose. He said the Holy Spirit hit him. And we had just had a fast at the beginning of the year, maybe a month or two before this. He, the Holy Spirit hit him. And he said he just closed his notes and began to preach what the Holy Spirit was, was downloading to him. This is a Baptist church. That doesn't happen in very many Baptist churches that I am aware of. And so I saw that the Holy Spirit, that, to me that was like the final nail on the coffin. And God said, you need to move here. This is the time. I know it doesn't make sense. And I know you're going to be tucked away kind of at the back of the building. But I just trust me. And so, um, this past, so we began to talk and have discussions. And here we are today. You know, but this past year, we didn't just get here. We didn't just get here. Yes, it may seem like doors were just opening left and right and, you know, just we had God's favor, but we had to prepare. We've had two major fasts. The first, we've only been in existence one year, a little over a year, a year and, year and a month. We had two major fasts. We have prepared relationships. We have loved on, on them. We loved on other people. We have given away. We didn't just get here. It's because we as a church decided to come together and, 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 and to love one another, love Bonham, love the school district, serve the school, serve, serve Crescent Park, serve other people. There was preparation that went into this. Now I want to ask you something. Has God ever promised you something? Either, either you, in prayer you were, you were praying and you just felt the Holy Spirit uh, tell you that he was going to give you something. Or maybe you were reading the, his word and there was something in the word that popped out and God linked that with something that was going on in your life. Or maybe somebody came up to you and gave you a prophetic word. If you don't know, there were uh, three prophetic words that God gave me a year before kingdom was born. Maybe a year and a half before kingdom was born that had almost all of them had to do with kingdom church. So has anybody received any words like that, right? What's our first response when we get a word like that? When you feel God speak something to your heart, whether or not you believe it completely, 100% that is the Lord, what's one of the first things you do? You get excited, right? You, you tell your spouse, you tell your friends, you tell your family, hey, I feel, like God, I feel like God told me this. But then time goes on, and it doesn't happen in the, in the way, in the season that you're expecting, and then what do you feel? What do you feel? You feel discouraged? You feel disappointed? You feel all these things. And then, what, and then a lot of us, you know what we feel? We feel impatient. There's nothing wrong with, with uh, complaining. Per se. I mean, there's nothing, wrong, gonna, there's nothing wrong with complaining or getting mad at God. But when you get impatient, that's why when it gets dangerous. You know why? Because when you get impatient, you're tempted to act out of God's timing. And that's where we get in trouble. Look at uh, Psalm 86. There's nothing wrong with crying out to God. There's nothing wrong with crying out to him and telling him how you're feeling and saying, God, I need you to show up. Look at Psalm 86. This is David speaking. He's talking about people that are coming against him. He says, oh, God, insolent people rise up against me. A violent gang is trying to kill me. But you, O oh Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Look down and have mercy on me. Give strength to your servant. Save me, the son of your servant. Send me a sign of your favor. Then those who hate me will be put to shame. For you, O Lord, help and comfort me. 
See, there's just a prayer of crying out to the Lord. There are people coming against him. And like, and, and like today, there are people that come against us. Even though we realize it's not necessarily a person who's coming against us, it's a spirit behind that person. We have to remember, church, that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. You're not, ha- you're not in a dispute with your manager. You're not in, you're in an argument with your spouse. There are demonic forces who are trying to feed lies to these people and trying to irritate you and not agitate you. We can't, our fight is not with them. Before we start complaining and start arguing, we, we need to start praying. We need to start going to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm upset. Your feelings may be hurt. Your feelings may be going 100 miles an hour. But before you open your mouth to, the, to somebody, open your mouth to the Lord and ask, Lord, what do you want to say to me? How, what is going on in this situation? You know why David could cry out to the Lord? You know why David uh, could uh, tell the Lord how he was feeling? I'm sure these words he penned, he penned with a lot of emotion, probably a lot of tears. You know why he could? Because of the verses uh, right before it. Look at verse 11. These are the verses right before he, he gave his complaint to the Lord. He said, teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me purity of heart so that I may honor you. With all my heart, I will praise you, O Lord my God. I will give glory to your name forever. For your love for me is very great. You have rescued me from the depths of death. Basically what David is saying, he is acknowledging what God has done in his life before. He's telling God how good he is, how great he is, how much God loves him. Therefore, he can bring his complaint to the Lord because he knows this truth about the Lord. Because he knows at the end of the day, he can give his complaint to God and then take a step back and rest that God is going to do something about it. But where we get in trouble is where we get impatient. Again, everyone in the word that got a promise from the Lord had to prepare Look at Abraham. He was promised a son. Um, he was already old, but he still had to wait. He had to prepare and he had to continue to trust the Lord. David, he was anointed to be king at 15 years old. But you know how old he was before he actually ascended to the throne? He was 30 years old. A whole lifetime later, he had to wait. And during that time, he killed a lion. He killed a bear. He killed Goliath. He honored Saul, his king, his leader, his pastor, and didn't kill him, even though he had many chances to. Um, the, the disciples, whenever Jesus left, uh, left, went into heaven, he said, wait for the promise of the Father. They had to be prepared. They have to, had to go to the upper room for 40 days. Everyone in the word, and even us who have received a promise, had to prepare. So when God speaks something to you, there are two, there are two options you have in response to when God speaks something to your heart. Number one, you can prepare to receive it. Or number two, you can complain why God hasn't given it to you yet. I want you to just take a second. I want you to just think about some of the things that the Lord has promised you. You can have two responses. Either you're preparing to receive it or you're spending your time complaining about why it isn't here yet. Think about, I want you to seriously take a mental inventory of things that you're expecting the Lord to do and ask yourself, have I been preparing or have I been complaining? One time I was, I was talking to the Lord, this was several years ago, some of you all heard this story, I was talking to the Lord about some things that I really felt that he had promised me, and I was just, man, I was complaining. It's like, God, I'm here, I, I had this plan for my life, it was a perfect plan, I was going to be married, have kids, go into ministry, I was going to do all these things, and here I am, several years later, literally from the outside looking like I'm doing nothing. I remember I was just complaining and, and just not crying, but my heart crying out to the Lord. And I felt like the Lord said, Josh, 
the question is not whether I'm going to bring this promise to you. He said, you, that should even be a question in your mind. I'm going to bring it because I'm a good God. This is the question you need to answer. Are you going to be ready to receive the promise when it walks by? Because there are a lot of people that miss God's promises for their life because they are not prepared. Because we're spending our time complaining, worrying, doubting. God, are, did you really listen? Are you really there? And we get impatient. And we get to take matters into our own hands. You see, the first time the Israelites approached the promised land, remember, they were rescued out of the land of Egypt. The Red Sea parted. They went through the wilderness. They were, that journey from Egypt to the promised land was only a few week long journey, less than a month. But it took them 40 years to finally inherit the promised land. And you know why? Because they weren't ready. They weren't ready to receive the promise when they got to the promised land. You know why? Because they were more concerned about their appetites being fed. They were more concerned about what God could give them instead of who God was. If you read, they complained whenever they didn't have water, whenever they didn't have food. They complained and complained. Even though they had just seen the Red Sea part. I don't know about you, but if I had seen a body of water that big part, I, could, I would believe that God could do anything. I'm like, man, I'm never going to worry about anything ever again. Because if he can separate this huge body of water, I believe he can do anything. But they didn't trust the Lord yet. None of them got what God had promised. You know what that tells me? That you can stop God's promises from happening in your life. You can stop them. This is important to stand. God is a good father. Did you know he wants to give you more than you can give yourself? Truly. You may have this perfect uh, three-step plan, five-step, ten-step, ten-year plan, twenty-year plan for your life. But did you know God's plan is actually better than that plan? Did you know he knows what you really want in your heart? He knows the deep desires of your heart. You only know the surface level stuff. God, the word of God says in Romans that he searches the deep things of man. He knows what's in man. God is a good father, a good friend. He wants to give us good things. By the time the Israelites came around the second time, they were ready to trust God. They didn't question God. I want you to look at what Joshua commanded them right before they went in the second time. Look at Joshua 1 verse 10. And it says, And Joshua commanded the officers, officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, Prepare your provisions, for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land the Lord, that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. There's two things that I want to point out. He told the leaders of Israel, prepare your provisions, prepare. And it says, for within three days. Now, three days is just three days. That's not long. But they still, they have been in the wilderness for 40 years. So when they came to the promise and they hear the Lord saying, hey, you need to wait a little bit longer. I'm sure some of them were like, hey, God, we've been, we've been eating manna for 40 years. We're ready to inherit what our fathers couldn't inherit. He actually, Joshua commanded them to do two things that that generation had learned to do. They had learned to prepare and wait, whereas their fathers didn't. Instead of preparing and waiting, they were their fathers were impatient and complained. I'm going to say it again. Being impatient, taking your, taking your life into your own hands and complaining is the quickest way to stop God's promise from unfolding in your life. The reason they had to prepare and wait is because if you, if you continue to read, 
God gave them the promised land, but what does the Bible say? That there were giants in the land. There were still victories that they needed to, uh, that they needed to accomplish when they were in the promised land. And there are going to be times that we're going to come against giants and armies that were much bigger and stronger, maybe more advanced than they were. And they needed to learn to prepare and wait for the Lord's instruction. They had to learn in the wilderness to prepare and wait because they were going to need it in the promised land. Because if they didn't learn it in the, in, the, in the wilderness, when they got to the promised land, they were going to prepare. They're going to maybe attack when God said not to attack, and they were going to be completely destroyed. One of the reasons God is asking us to prepare and wait in the season before the promise is because when the promise comes, we're going to need to, we're going to, need to have that instilled in our heart so that we learn to wait on his timing. Does that make sense? Before the promise comes, we prepare and wait. You know why people have a hard time waiting? You know why people have a hard time waiting? It's because they aren't using that time to prepare. You're going to wait. Let me tell you, if you're expecting for the Lord to move in your life and you're believing something, you're going to have to wait. When we don't wait, when we, don't, when we wait but we don't prepare, we allow our mind to be idle. When we think about what we don't have, we look at our neighbor next to us and say, Lord, you did that for them. They only prayed for that, for that blessing for a month. I've been praying for a year. I've been praying for two years, maybe longer. And you did that for them? We have to, while we're waiting, prepare. So I want to ask you, has the Lord spoken something to you? He, he, the Lord promised us this building. It's crazy because I don't know how, how long we're going to be here, but it looks like we're going to be here for a long time. But we had to prepare. I didn't know it was going to happen this way, but we had to wait. We didn't have to rush things. You know, I remember when I was um, at our last church, and I remember I had gotten divorced when I was 22, um, and a couple years, I just kind of was to myself, but I was, when I was 24, I really expected to begin to do the things that God wanted, and, and I really thought it wasn't here in Odessa. Like, y'all that know me have, have heard I've talked about going to South America forever, or, and I just always want to go to South America, and, and, and um, I... I tried to get away multiple times, and God just kept closing doors. I remember one time I was really serious about it, and I, I went online, I was, and I had no mental energy. I had no energy to pursue it. And in that moment, I'm, I knew, I was like, okay, Lord, you're not giving me the grace to do this. It wasn't until I accepted where I was that I actually got peace. And it's actually when I began to prepare for the next thing. I didn't know what the next thing was. I didn't know this was coming at all. I don't think anyone expected this to be coming. But it's in that season where I learned to wait. I, said, I remember when I was like 27, 28, I finally threw up my hands and I said, all right, Lord, you want me here? If you want me out of here, then you're going to have to take me out of here because I'm, I'm tired of fighting for what I want. I'm going to wait till what you, what, till, 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 I'm going to wait to see uh, what you want in my life. And I was, I began to, I began to think about another story that, 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 that happened to me recently. I, I, this, is, this is real personal, but uh, I'm going to share, and I feel like this is going to encourage some people. I, um, a couple, about a month ago, I was, we, I think we had just gone out of prayer, and I was laying down in my bed, and the Lord was really challenging me. And just to go deeper, and even though I feel like I take him very seriously, I take this congregation seriously, I feel like the Lord said, hey, there's another gear. There's another level. I need you to seat me. And this, I put on, I was by my bed, and this song came on. I was listening to some music. And it was a song I had forgotten about. Uh, it was probably one of my favorite songs right now, but for some reason I had forgotten about it. And, and the lyrics were just speaking to me. He says, your name is the only name that matters. 
Your heart is all I desire, not my will, but yours alone forever. Lord, have your way, have your way. And it's like those lyrics were echoing what God was speaking to my heart. And I was like, man, yeah, I forgot about this song. But yes, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And then this thought came along. This thought, just kind of out of nowhere, because I, I wasn't even thinking about this, but I had this thought. I don't know if I'm ready to get married. And y'all that have heard me speak know that I want to be married, and I have a desire for family. But I had this thought, I don't know if I'm ready to get married. I have not had that thought in seven years. If anything, that thought has come into my mind a little bit more. And so to have that thought, I, I was like, okay, this is not me, obviously. And this is, I don't think this is the devil. <laughs> I think Jason gave a good testimony about that. I'm just I just want to brag on Jason. Um, proud of you. That that's I think that encouraged very vulnerable, but that encouraged a lot of people in here today. And so I thought, Lord, I guess I I not that I'm not not that I don't want to. This is what I felt. Not that I didn't want to. It's like I didn't know if I was mentally or emotionally ready. And I've never thought about myself of not being ready. Like I've never thought about that. But I thought that. And then the next day. I thought about, I, I, I was thinking about it, and I, I was talking to a friend, um, to my friend Edom, and I was telling him, I was like, man, think, listen to this. I was in bed, and I, I had this thought, and he said, oh, man, that reminds me of this verse, and I'm going to read the verse, but he, he didn't reference it. We didn't quote it, but this is the verse. The verse, it says, it's 1 Corinthians 7:28. It says, however, those who get married at this time will have troubles, and I'm trying to spare you those problems. He's like, he's like, hey, isn't it when you, when you get married, like, you have problems, right? And he's married. And I was like, and, and uh, so he knows that there's problems, like everybody in here. There's not any saints in here, right? And, and, I, said, um, and, he, and I said, no, no, that's actually, I didn't know that verse was in there. I didn't know it was worded like that. I was like, no, that's not what it says. I think, and I said, I think you're talking about this verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 32. I just want to read it just for context. I said, no, I think you're thinking about this verse. And Paul says later on, I want you to be free from the concerns of this, of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. And I said, oh, you're thinking about this verse where if you get married, it's like, I don't think that's in the Bible where you have problems, but it actually it is. So if you have problems, hey, you're living biblically. Amen. I said, your interests are divided, right? And he said, no, 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 not that verse. And he said, this verse. Look at verse 27. He says, if you have a wife, do not seek to end the marriage. If you do not have a wife, do not seek to get married. It was in that moment the Lord spoke to me. Because I've read that verse, I don't know how many times. And every time I've read that verse, I said, Lord, that's, not, that's never going to be me. That's never going to be me. I'm going to always, if I'm not married, I'm going to always want to be married. I'm always going to want to have a family. I'm like, this is never going to be me. And I remember re reading that verse, and I guess subconsciously in the past, I would, I'd said, Lord, this verse doesn't really go, in, go with single people. I don't know what you were thinking, because this isn't really, most single people I know want to be married. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And in that moment, the Lord spoke to me, and for the first time, I understood what this verse meant. Because the night before, I had felt, God, I, I don't think you're done preparing me for marriage. I don't think you're, I, I think I'm not supposed to exit this season right at this moment. 
And in that moment, I felt like the Lord said, Josh, you have underestimated the power of my word. You have undervalued what I have said. You've underestimated what I can do in you. Just because my word says something and you don't understand it and you don't think it could ever make sense to you doesn't mean it will never, ever make sense to you. If you seek me, all of my words are true. You can stand on everything I speak to you. Everything. And I was literally blown away and I thought, Lord, please forgive me for not believing your word or believing that your words have power and they have life because I've experienced, I've experienced it the last 24 hours. Now, this is not the point of sharing this story. The next part is. A few days later, I was thinking about this, and I was just like, man, I'm amazed, like, how I, how I feel this way. Like, this is crazy, because I've not felt this way in many, many years. And I began to think about, about being in this season of waiting, and I began to think about in the future. I thought, I was like, okay, like, I'm, I'm just going to, I feel like I've done a good job of walking this out, but I feel like the Lord was cutting whatever was left left of me wanting that in the season, I felt like he cut it out, and I thought, okay, I'm going to just begin to enjoy fully and completely the season I'm in, and I began to think about how, when that day comes, I know I'm going to have a family one day, when that day comes, how do I want that blessing to come along? Do I want to be worrying and complaining and missing out what God has for me in this season right now, and then when it comes along, I finally say, oh, thank God, now I can live. Or do I want to fully enjoy and embrace and be content with what God has placed in my life in this season before the promise comes along? I was sharing this with a few people. I think I shared it with Angie first. But have any of your children ever asked you for something? And, you, and, 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 if, and if you had the resources, you said, hey, yeah, I'll get, I'll get it to you. I'll get it for your birthday or I'll get it next week or next month or whenever. And you told them a time. What did they say when you told them? Did they begin to worry about how you're going to pay for that thing? No, they probably ran back to the room and said, and, and didn't even think about it again, right? They didn't even think about it. They went to play with the things they had. And if you're a good parent and you give it to them when you said you're going to give it to them, will they ever worry? Will, would they worry when that promise comes? They won't. And I feel like the Lord said, Josh, you need to be like a child who takes me out of my word. If I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Enjoy what I've given you. Go back to your room. Enjoy the people and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the job and the things I've placed in your life. And at the right time, I will give you what I promised you. I want to end with this verse. Uh, Psalm 37, all of us should know this verse. It's a very popular verse. But the Lord revealed this verse to me in a different way recently. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I've always, to a degree, seen this verse this way. I've always seen God saying, hey, you care about me first, and then I'll give you what you want. I've always seen it like that. Like, hey, you serve me first in this, and then I'll bring in these desires. But I saw it differently. I felt like the Lord said, Josh, I know the, hearts, the desires of your heart, but in the meantime, I'm going to give you peace and joy. He said, just take delight. It's, not, it's actually not a, 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 a list of how we go about getting our promises. It's God giving us peace and joy until these promises come along. He's, God is saying, hey, I'm going to give you these things, but just take delight in me until I give you those things. It's not like take delight in me and then I'll give you these things. He's saying, just enjoy me. Don't worry. Don't complain. Enjoy who I've placed in your life. Enjoy, enjoy everything that I've given you. And at the right time, when you're not looking, I'll give you what you need. 
I begin to do an inventory of my life, everything that God wanted to give me and has given me came like that. My house, I was... I started looking for a house, and the next thing you knew it, this house came up. This guy could have sold it for more, and he sold it to me for way less, and he wasn't even wanting to sell it. And I remember I signed the papers, and I was like, did I just buy a house? My car, my car that I got last year was given to me out of nowhere. Uh, this truck that I recently got literally out of nowhere for an amazing price. This church out of nowhere. My, and most of y'all know I did not want to pastor. Not, not right now. I was, I was on my way to South America. I was like, Lord, thank you. You have released me. This church came out of nowhere. But you know the things in my life that have been the most trouble and headaches are things I forced, my marriage. For years, God tried to stop me from, from dating this person because it, it, wasn't, it wasn't his plan. My, I had an Audi. If y'all have been with me any length of, of time, you know I had this Audi. And God, that's another story. Like, I forced it. And, 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 and I'm just going to say, for five months I had that car, and it felt like it was a 30-year-old car brand new expensive car and it felt like an old car and I had to I was upside down when I turned it so I had to pay I had to pay for it for years all to say everything every blessing God has given me just came like that I just had to wait and prepare but everything that was a headache I had to force so I'm going to ask you has God promised you something if God has promised you something you can be sure he will bring it your way you don't, have to, you don't have to complain, and there'll be times where it gets hard, but you don't have to worry. You don't have to get impatient. You just have to wait for it to come, and it will come. Let's all stand. What has God promised you? Has he promised you salvation for your family members? Has he promised you a promotion? Has he promised you a new job? What has he promised you? The Lord sees you. Did you know Jesus loves you? I know I've been talking for a while, so these words can, can just go over your head, but I've come to experience the love of Jesus. And this is why I can expect him to bless me, because I've seen it in my life time and time again. And church, he just wants you to take delight in him until the promise comes along. This is not a, a game plan on how to get promises. It's simply God saying, hey, just enjoy me until those things come along. I promise you it's going to come along. You just have to trust me. If you could just bow your heads and close your eyes, we're just going to go to the Lord this morning. This has been an amazing morning. I've enjoyed every minute. I've seen God move in amazing ways just in my own heart, in my own life. I've seen his faithfulness. We've all seen his faithfulness. And yet there are some things that, that God has promised us, either in prayer or in his word, or maybe somebody spoke something to you that they couldn't have known before and, and said, hey, God's going to provide for you. A promise. Promises are very special things because they come from his heart. But there are some people in here that are weary. And some of us, if we're honest, we're growing impatient. God, win. I've been running. I've been walking. I've been fighting for so long. I've been fighting this addiction for so long. I've been trying to serve you, but I seem to get sidetracked. I can't help it, God. I'm in bondage. My loved ones, I've been praying for them to come to know you. I've been serving you. My other friends have seen their loved ones come to know you. Where are my loved ones? I'm here to tell you this morning, God hears you. God sees you. 
He has not forgotten you. But He is asking us to prepare to receive it, to take delight in Him and wait. There is grace to wait. All that means is there is strength. God, God has given each of you, you can say your name, He has given each of you the necessary strength to wait until that thing comes along. Father, give us the strength to take delight in you. Let us not seek your hand, those things you can give us, but Father, truly let us seek your face. Let us not become so enamored with the things that you have given us, but Father, let us always keep you at the center of our focus because father all joy all peace all love flows from you not from any blessings you can give us so i want you to just ask this is our custom here we want to hear his voice i just want to i want you to ask the lord just ask him to say dear jesus please show me please remind me of your promises to me. Just take a second. We're going to do this in steps. I want you to just to listen. I want He's going to remind your heart. Maybe some things you you prayed about years ago, but you forgot and you gave up because you, you didn't see God moving. You just gave up on that promise. The Lord is going to remind some people of things He has promised them. Just be still and listen. eyes closed. How many, by a show of hands, how many of y'all the Lord reminded you of something you've been believing him for? Maybe something you forgot. Raise it high. Amen. Maybe you didn't forget. Maybe you, you, it's been on your mind. You can raise your hand too. Now I want us to ask the Holy Spirit to just say, dear Jesus, would you show me how to prepare and how to wait for this promise in Jesus' name.